Hi, my name's Mark Kelly. I'm one of the leaders at City Church Leeds, and I want to thank you for downloading this podcast. I hope that it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. You join us as we're journeying through the Gospel of Mark, and we're asking the question, Who is Jesus? A simple question with many answers. For more information about us and other resources and media, please visit citychurchleads.net. What we'd like to do this morning is for you, if you would, to, for, to go on a journey with us as a life group. There are quite a few things happening. They're going to be happening in sort of 10-minute slots. And they're going to be, some of them are going to be activities, and we're going to start off with one of those. So what I'd like you to do really this morning is to just stay open to what God is saying to you. And it's all, today it's all about Jesus, the great teacher, but we, learners and teachers, too. So that's the theme of it. So if you could keep that in mind as we, as we do the first thing. So Riz is going to lead us in the first thing, and uh, then we'll go from there. So we'll need the easel and things of that nature. Right, Riz. So you've got a treat in store for us. What is this all about? Well, this is, uh, this is about... Oh, well... This is about teaching and it's also about demonstrating. Um, I'm going to demonstrate for you how to draw um, a technique called trompeleur. And trompeleur means trick of the eye, but trompeleur is used to um, emulate different materials such as marble, wood, vases, which you'd find around the house, and also playing cards, which you can stick on top of tabletops. And when you go to pick it up, when you look, it's actually stuck, painted to the to Okay, fantastic. So while you're putting the finishing touches to that, or if you could just take a moment just to thank Riz for doing that, really, thank you. We, we really celebrate your skill in all of this. We can we leave everything up as it, as it is, that's great. We really do, Riz, and thank you for sharing that with us this morning. And actually, being our teacher. Oh, that's the finished one, is yeah, it? Yeah, that's the finished yeah. So, being our teacher this morning. Now, us, who have done it, I haven't, but you have, we've all learned something probably this morning. So, what have you learned then uh, about the skill itself? This is an open kind of uh, feedback. So, about the skill itself, have you, have you learned something beyond what you knew before about how to make a 3D, a 3D cup? Ab- Addy. I've learned that the skill is transferable, that it's, you think it's something that only somebody has got, but actually um, you can transfer that skill to other people. Right. Thank you. So, it's, yeah, we, we, can, we can all do it if we, if we have a go. I mean, the, the, the words that come to mind is what my mum said there was no such word as. Exactly, yeah. And, uh, and also, the other, the other thing that lots of people say, I'm not a, an artist, you know, fill in the missing blanks. And people, it comes to mind, doesn't it? It really instantly comes to mind. Cathy? Um, just what struck me is what you can do with just copying. So, you know, like Dad said, we sometimes say, oh, you know, I'm not very good at that. I'm not very good at the other. But actually, when somebody, we can visibly see someone doing something and we can copy it. And uh, mine doesn't really look like that no. one. No. But I've never drawn a cup before. So, you know, yeah. it's amazing what you can do just by copying. Right, absolutely. 
Um, and what, what does it make you want to perhaps do in the future? Perhaps, I don't know. You know, that's, this is not putting pe things into people's words. Sarah. I've remembered how much I like doing this and perhaps I'll do some more. Yeah, they, they, there you go, yeah. Um, and has it, has it um, helped you to learn anything about, so that was about the skill in a way, anything more about yourself at all? Well, to be quite honest, <laughs> it's taught me what I'm not good at, <laughs> if I'm per perfectly honest, and to appreciate somebody else's skill. Okay, yeah, yeah, great, yeah. Um, right, and uh, anybody else at all It's told you something about yourself? Hilary. We're unique, everybody's different. Everybody's got a different, if you look around, everybody's got a different way of expressing whatever's drawn up there. Absolutely, because, you know, even that, though that was the pattern, like Cathy was saying, nevertheless, every single one, because I've been round, you know, is so totally different and unique. That, that, that's, that, so our interpretation is, is, is unique and different. Uh, anything that this speaks of about God at all to you? Did anyone think while they were doing it, ah, God's in this, and something came to mind? This kind of spoke to you, either the process or the actual thing itself, the, the image. Did any of that speak to you? Ah, John. Well, I was thinking of Psalm 139, where um, <clears throat> although we get trapped in darkness, God sees through the darkness, and, and light and dark are the same to him, and he's not phased by it. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, and... The, the, other, the other thing, uh, another thing about it um, is that, you know, anything can speak to us, actually. Anything can teach us. Any, anything that we do, anything that we're involved in, anything we see can actually speak to us. Um, because it, uh, it actually, who, who is our teacher, after all? It's the Spirit, isn't it? Because, John 14, 26, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach us, you, us, all things, and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So, that, so we need to be open to God speaking, even in things that we can separate and compartmentalize in our lives. Oh, this is art. Uh, you know, this, oh, I'm copying here, or whatever. Let's, let's hear God's voice in all of these things. Okay, so thank you very much again, Riz. People are still, still doing this. This is fantastic. <laughs> I like this. Um, so our next uh, activity is um, an interview in a it, with, with Pat Matthews. So if you'd like to come and take your seat, Pat. Thank you. Right, you, you didn't see that, people who are listening. Okay. But you could hear the laughter. Okay, this is Gertie. She likes wearing men's uh, bathrobes. I don't know why. It's just one of those things, you know. <laughs> so, um, so, Pat, this has something to do with you, Pat, this does, doesn't it? Uh, oh, you think so? Oh, you're not sure? Oh, dear. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, so this, this part, I'm going to ask Pat quite a few questions. And uh, this is, uh, it'll become clear as to... Um, what this is all about then. So, as I ask these questions, if, I, if in fact I can uh, find the question sheet, which would be really, really useful. It is here. I'm absolutely sure of it. Come on, baby. 
show show your presence. Ah, there we go. And yeah, it was there somewhere. Right. <laughs> so, so Pat, um, well, this is about learning, really. What, what exactly? What did you decide to learn? It's something you something you decided to learn. What was that? Uh, sewing, all mm -hmm. kinds of sewing, which I always did from a child. I did embroidery and that sort of thing. And it, no, I didn't start knitting really till mm. my daughter was born. But okay. uh, yes, I, did, I learned to sew from my mother, Okay. my auntie. But you took it to another stage. Was this dress, dressmaking then, was it yes, really? Yes, but that, yeah. was, that was later. Right, that was okay. later. Okay. I couldn't go when I wanted to go because, well, at that time, we didn't have any money to go and pay for night school. Right. And so I didn't start to learn properly, mm. well, more advanced, till mm. I went to, uh, after Joe died, and, my, mm. and I had some money, and I was able to pay to go to okay. classes. So, so why did you want to learn this particular craft? Because I wanted to take it further and because I wanted to learn more about it right. and uh, actually to get a, a, a pass in an exam because so I had... a qualification of some kind. Qualification, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, right. Yeah. So you were motivated towards doing yes. this quite yes. strongly. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it was an interest and you were motivated yeah, towards developing right. it and taking it further. Yeah. Okay. So, if, could you remember back to your teacher? What, what was your teacher like? What were, what were her qualities, would you say? She was very good at teaching. She'd done it a long time. And she was very helpful. Uh, more patient than maybe she should have been with me. Because <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Things we don't know about Pat, you see. This is, this is all coming out now, isn't it? <laughs> Because I didn't do enough study and I didn't... Well, at least you're honest. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take enough time over things. Okay. And as there were exams in this, mm -hmm. I had to... I should have done more, but there we are. So, um, she was experienced? Oh, yes, um, she was experienced. Would you say she knew, she knew what she was doing? Oh, yes, yeah. definitely. What, what about when she was looking at you and what you were doing? Well, she looked at everybody. She knew what everybody was doing. <laughs> In the class of ten, seven or eight, she'd know what he, she could each tell, one could she? was doing. Yes, yeah, she'd ah. only to look and say, and she would say, what are you doing with that? Should you be doing that? <laughs> right. Is that the next stage? Right. Right. So that's what she was like. Yes. Yeah. Um, and in uh, three short phrases or, or words, uh, could you sum up how you responded to your teacher and to what you were learning? Well, not quick enough sometimes. I didn't respond quick enough uh, at times. And sometimes I didn't do it as I should have done and had to take it out and do it again. Right. And, uh, but were, were you willing to be corrected? Oh, yes. Yeah? Yes. It mm -hmm. was just... Uh, I'm different to what I am now. I'm more uh, ready to be told and things like that, I think. Oh, right. More teachable now. Yes, I think that's <laughs> it, yes. 
when we're, when we're young, we sometimes think we know it all, don't we? You know, and well, I wasn't maybe. exactly that young then. But right, uh, right. Younger, shall we say younger? younger? Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm. Um, so, yeah, uh, what about, uh, you know, when things weren't so easy, uh, how, did you, uh, how did you sort of respond then? Well, I didn't pass the exam first time, so I had to do it again mm -hmm. the first year. And then I didn't pass the exam the second time for the same reason, because I didn't have enough... Uh, I wasn't taught at school the way to do an essay properly. Mm, right. And that uh, right. didn't help, because in these two exams I had to do an essay. But what, one thing we know about you, Pat, very much, is that you persevere with things. Yes, I did persevere. Uh, not, not only those exams back then, no. but also when you came yes. to your driving test. That's right. Or tests. Yes, yes. Yeah. tests. <laughs> tests Eleven. in the plural. Yeah. <laughs> but, Eleven. <laughs> but I did pass it eventually. Exactly. And, and so it's, it's something in you, isn't it, that's determined to... Yeah to do that mm, and yes. that's obviously stood you in good stead really yeah, yeah. so a determination really um, well so when you do find challenges in your when you're uh, doing the dressmaking because of course it's not just dresses it's garments making really I mean called dressmaking think oh well it's making dresses but it's not just making dresses all sorts of clothing isn't it really no. so but when you've hit challenges what do you do uh, then well, if it's wrong, I, if I think it's wrong, I'll take it out and redo it mm -hmm. more than once sometimes, but mm -hmm. uh, and uh, carry on longer, with, like with this skirt, the bottom hem. This took, is something you made. This is yes, the outfit you made. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. The bottom hem took a long time, even on the over overlocker to do. I don't mm. know whether it was the fabric or whatever it was, but it wouldn't work on the overlocker without. Uh, I tried doing it on the overlocker and right. that to go back to the ordinary sewing machine and just do a zigzag around the bottom. The so head. you adapted to yeah, the circumstances. I adapted, adapted, yeah. Yes. But you tried different things and, yeah. and, yeah. and, but still carried on and didn't say, oh, well, it's no good. I, it's <laughs> no good. I can't do it. No such yeah. word as can't in your dictionary then again. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so, how did you develop your abilities further then, after leaving the class and after getting the award? And how, did, how would you say you developed your abilities? Well, I still have to uh, study ways around things because my eyesight's not good and I have to persevere sometimes. Mm. Um, I don't know, I just carry on. Mm. You did say that you, you actually pray at sometimes on yes, those occasions. Yes, I do. Yes, sometimes. I know I have to say, God, you're with me. I need you help me to do this thing. Mm, mm. Um, the macular degeneration puts me further away from the machine than it should be. My eyes further away from the machine mm. than it should be. Yeah. And I can't, even though I've got masses of light in my house is like a, a, <laughs> a shop with lamps in it yeah yeah but i can't do it without them right to right. do what i do yeah. so 
I have to persevere. Mm. And ask for God's help in the in Yes, this, uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what would you say that you've learned about life, yourself, and God in in your in this dressmaking? I've learned that God helps me. That He um, helps me to persevere and helps me to keep calm. Sometimes I'm not always calm. <laughs> Goes wrong. But sometimes, yes, right. he does help me. Okay. Yeah. And, and what advice would you give to those who are not dressmakers yet? <laughs> Keep trying. <laughs> Keep trying. It, is it, is it a, a skill that you think people... Uh, is it, it's obviously been very useful to you, and a lot of us yeah. have actually benefited by Pat doing things for us when, when we uh, ha had the mime troupe and the... Uh, and the performance group, Pat yeah. made loads of things for us, yeah. and, and loads, lots of other people also, you've made things yes, and right. repaired yeah. things for and yeah. so on. Yeah. Um, so, so, okay, so it, it's a skill that do you, th you think has been very useful to you then? Yes, yes. Mm. And you'd recommend it? Yeah. 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 But whatever, whatever skill it is, or exams, or whatever we're facing, all the things that Pat said about learning apply to, like, like we were saying before, you know, about transfer of, uh, of learning. It, it applies, doesn't it? So all those things, we pin them on uh, Gertie over there so, for a little reminder. And uh, we'd like to thank you, Pat, though, uh, for sharing all of that with us and also all the, the things that obviously you have uh, been able to do for us as well using this skill. So yes. thank you very much. Um, so we are going to move, so that was about Pat learning how to, to do that particular skill and how God was in that as well. Uh, we're now going to move on to Chris is going to share with us and this is about Jesus, our supreme teacher. I'm going to read a, a parable to begin with and it's one that most people probably already know, parable of the sower. So if you want to turn with me to it in your Bibles, it's Mark 4. And I'm going to just read it through. It's going from one, verse 1 through to verse 20. And if you want to know what version I'm reading, I'm reading the NASB. So I might differ slightly to, to yours, but bear with me. Right. He began to teach again by the sea, and such a very large crowd gathered to, to, to him that he got into a boat in the sea and sat down. And the whole crowd was, be, was by the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And he was saying to them in his teaching, Listen to this. Behold, the sower went out to sow. As he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on the rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it, was, it had no root, it withered away. 
Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Other seeds fell into the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. And he was saying, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. As soon as he was alone, his followers, along with the twelve, began asking him about the parables. And he was saying to them, To you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God, but those who are outside get everything in parables, so that while seeing they may see and not perceive, and while hearing they may hear and not understand, otherwise they might return and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they're here, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. In a similar way, these are the ones on whom seed was sown in the rocky places. Who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no firm root in themselves but are temporarily then when affliction sorry I'll read that again and they have no firm root in themselves but they are only temporary then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word immediately they fall away and others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns these are the ones who have heard the word but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things enter in and choke the world, word. And it becomes unfruitful. And those who are the ones on whom seed was sown in the good soil, and, then, and they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. Now, this is the first parable Mark in Mark's gospel. It does say he talks in parables a bit earlier on in the passage, but this is the one that Mark says and explains. Why does he explain this particular parable? And why does he explain it to the disciples? Now, I'm not going to go through the parable and say this is what the parable means. What I'm trying to get to the point is that Jesus being the supreme teacher that he is uses the parable amongst other parables to, to make a point now one of the points I want to make is that Jesus is relevant he chooses subjects that are relevant to the people he's talking to now he uses in the parable of the sower he's talking to people who know more about how seeds are grown how things are planted how things work because that's what they had to do they had to live their lives they had to grow their own food in most cases now he's also relevant and there are other parables the parable of the seed and the parable of mustard mustard seed they're both in the at the end of that chapter four but he also is relevant when he talks about a parable of the vine growers which is in mark 12 1 to 11. now this is more of an actual dig at the scribes and elders but the subject matter itself is still relevant to the people he's talking to. Jesus also uses this way of talking in parables 
to help people to understand. He gives them something that they already know to be able to bring to them something that they don't know. He uses the, essentially uses the unknown to make clear, sorry, he uses the known to make clear the unknown so that it no longer is unknown to them. Now, if you remember what Riz showed us there earlier about the drawing there, that when he showed you that cup in the first place, how many people thought, I can do that? Probably not a lot of people. Some people probably would have been able to do it, but not a lot of people would. But he decided to show you step by step how he got to that, 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 that drawing. Now Jesus does the same thing. He uses simple references like this parable of the seed, parable of the sower, to bring you on into understanding of what things happen in his kingdom, highlight truths about himself. Now then, also Jesus wasn't just teaching the people he was talking to. He wasn't just talking to the people off the boat, just willy-nilly. He was also talking to his disciples. He was teaching them at the same time. But he wasn't teaching them just funny, funny stories, nice stories, happy stories. What he was doing was also training them. He was trying to train them to be teachers themselves. See, in Mark, in, in Mark 4, 4, 13, it does actually say, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the, all the parables? Meaning, if you don't understand this one, I'm going to teach a lot more parables. How are you going to understand those? And he goes on to explain those parables so that he's not... He's not teaching them about the parable itself. He's teaching them ways of interpreting things that they would want to teach people. So if they learn about this parable, they could probably use that story, but they can also use the techniques to be able to tell people other stories that highlight things that they, they want to make clear about the good things of God. Also, The idea that the disciples were going to be teachers, you could see in Mark 3 and 13, the 12 were chosen. And he went up on the mountain and summoned those whom he himself wanted. And they came to him, and he appointed 12 so that they would be with him, and they that he could then send them out to preach now, and to have authority to cast out the, the demons. Now, to me, preaching is very similar to teaching. He wanted these 12 people to be teachers, to go out without him sometimes and to preach. And he, he did send them out in chapter 6, the 12 sent out. And he summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. 
And that's chapter 6, verse 7. And then later on in chapter 6, in verse 30, the apostles gathered together with Jesus and they reported to him all that they had done and taught. Now obviously they carried on learning from Jesus through the rest of that, the book and through the rest of the parables, but they were learning how to teach. And that's what, God, that's what as a supreme teacher, that's what Jesus was trying to do, is trying to instill in people the way of showing other people the truths of God. But despite how good Jesus was at telling stories and teaching people, there's one thing, one, one important thing that we always need to know is that if we don't, if we're not willing to learn, we're not willing to listen, then we won't take in the teaching. In, in, the, in Mark 4 and 9, part of that initial passage, it talks about he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then a bit later on in 11 and 12, it talks about to you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, get, those who are outside get everything in parables, so that while seeing, they may see and not perceive, and while hearing, they may hear and not understand, otherwise they might return return and be forgiven. Now, Jesus is not saying he doesn't want people to return and be forgiven. He wants everybody to return and be forgiven. But what he wants is people to be willing to learn and to listen, to, to, be, to be hungry for what God has to say. Now, again, there is a, an example where people aren't willing to listen and learn. In Mark 12, 12, that's just after the parable of the vine growers. He's talking to the scribes and the elders. And the elders, at the end of it, in chapter 12, verse 12, and it says, And they were seeking to seize him, and yet they feared the people, for they understood that he spoke the parable against them. And so they left him and went away. Now, they understood the parable. They, had, they, they, they knew it, and they knew why he'd said it. So that their understanding was great, but they weren't willing to receive it. They weren't willing to do anything about it. So, if anything, just remember that we need to be willing to listen to God and whatever he says to us. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much, Chris. That was really, really clear and uh, about Jesus, our Supreme Teacher, and also our response to him. As, as our supreme teacher. Um, Pat's going to continue with Jesus, our pattern and model. Chris has already shared with us some of the ways in which Jesus taught and why. Now it's my turn to share from Mark's gospel how Christ himself, not just his words, was his teaching and is the pattern to follow in both our own teaching and learning. Just like um, Pat's pattern here on Gertie, and this is actually the pattern for the outfit that Pat was wearing this morning. Um, just like Pat's pattern, it comes with an instruction sheet. This is what you get in the paper pattern. And it actually tells you how to cut out the fabric and then how to sew the garments. So Jesus himself is like our living pattern and instruction sheet. And I've written a short meditation on this from the early passages in Mark which I hope will fuel some of our thinking and discussion as we go through this series. 
In Mark 1, verse 10 and 11, we see how the Father made a heavenly declaration about Jesus, aided and abetted by the Holy Spirit. It says this, In those days Jesus came up from Nazareth and was baptised by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, at once he, John, saw the heavens torn open and the Holy Spirit like a dove coming down to enter into him. And there came a voice out from within heaven, you are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. So in that moment when the father opened up the windows of heaven, Jesus was able to look again at where he'd come from, the eternal place of intimacy and relationship that he had willingly laid down to become a human and to receive that blessing face to face from his father. Jesus hadn't yet changed water into wine, he hadn't walked on water, delivered the parables, the Sermon on the Mount, or healed anybody, as far as we know. But he was known and loved by the Father, who was already so pleased with his obedience. In fact, Jesus had come on that day in obedience to be baptised, so that everything the Father had promised hundreds of years before through the prophets would begin to be fulfilled. Jesus was ready to step into his calling to teach as much as any other aspect of his ministry. And this aspect was so important to God the Father that this is what Isaiah the prophet had written about centuries before. This is from Isaiah chapter 42 from the message version. Take a good look at my servant or my son. I'm backing him to the hilt. He's the one I've chosen and I couldn't be more pleased with him. I've bathed him with my spirit, my life. He'll set everything right among the nations. He won't call attention to what he does with loud speeches or gaudy parades. He won't brush aside the bruised and the hurt. And he won't disregard the small and insignificant. But he'll steadily and firmly set things right. He won't tire out and quit. He won't be stopped until he finishes work to set things right on earth. Far-flung ocean islands wait expectantly for his teaching. And in another version it says he will reveal truth to the nations and the islands and the coastal regions shall wait hopefully for him and expect his direction and law. So what the Father had promised was that Jesus would bring heavens much longed for direction and truth to earth. And in his teaching, as in other areas of his ministry, Jesus showed everyone what the Father and the kingdom of God is like. As Paul later wrote of him, Jesus was the exact representation, the pattern, the embodiment, if you like, of the Father. He wasn't going to be like a loud, brash politician, hitting people over their head with smooth rhetoric and weaselly words. Or like a powerful king parading with trumpets and heralds, bringing messages from afar in an intimidating procession. Or a rabbi and a prophet who had gone before. He was going to bring God's truth and principles to bear on earth in a completely different manner to every other king, teacher or prophet. He was going to be a teacher, not just by his words, but by his deeds. Jesus was the one who himself went on to say, I am the way, the truth and the life. And others went on to call him not just teacher, but the teacher, 
as they began to recognize this. So Jesus was functioning from the sending and the blessing of the Father, who had effectively said, you are the love of my life. And he was functioning from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, who Mark's gospel tells us directed him forward from then on, from that day of baptism. I believe that's where the boldness and the power and the authority of his teaching comes from. It was that indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the direction of God. Picture the scene. Jesus had just recruited a small band of strong lads to his cause. Fishermen, straight off the boats, lots of muscles. And he had lost no time in taking them to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. So there they all were, clean and stiff in their Sunday best, along with all the good people of the town and the religious leaders of Capernaum. And it says, he began to teach. Mark chapter 1, verse 22, explains it like this. He spent the day there teaching. They were surprised at his teaching. So forthright, so confident. No quibbling and quoting like the religious scholars. Suddenly, while he was still in the meeting place, he was interrupted by a man, deeply disturbed and yelling out, What business do you have here with us, Jesus? Nazarene, I know what you're up to. You're the Holy One of God and you've come to destroy us. Jesus shut him up. Quiet. Get out of him. The afflicting spirit threw the man into spasms, protesting loudly, and got out. Everyone there was incredulous, buzzing with curiosity. What's going on here? A new teaching that does what it says. He shuts up defiling demonic spirits and sends them packing. News of this travelled fast and was soon over all Galilee. I bet it was. And here's something else about Jesus the teacher that we see through the book of Mark. What Jesus immediately does, not so much by what he says as by how he says it, and then what he does on the back of his word stirs up an almighty conflict in the heavenly as well as the earthly realms. By his very teaching in the synagogue, proclaiming the truth and the way of the Lord, he is immediately challenging Satan's sway over people's thinking and their lives. This is no academic or religious exercise. Jesus is making the scrolls come to life in his hands. I love this quote from the writer Beth Moore in her book, Jesus, the One and Only. No greater concept exists where you or I are concerned than the authority of Jesus Christ, even more than the atonement. For if he had no authority, his act of atonement would have been sacrificial but powerless. What we do with Christ's authority determines what he does with us. He's not just good, he's God. The other thing that contributed to Jesus' authority when he taught was that he was well studied in the scriptures and in the religious and theological teachings and debates of his time. We know that even as a boy, he'd astonished the Jewish teachers in the temple by his intelligence, his questioning, his understanding and his replies. He was studying to be approved by God and to be ready for his mission, as Paul instructs Timothy to do so later. When asked by his, by his mother what he thought he was doing, sitting around in the temple when everyone else was on their way home after the feast, Jesus said, 
Don't you know I must be about my father's business? Now, the scholars tell us more accurately this should be translated, don't you know I should be about my father? Being about my father is about staying close. And that challenges me also to see studying the word and trying to understand it understand it and interpret it for our days as key to being about my father's business. Our father's business, as we've already heard from Isaiah, is to bring the truth, direction and the principles of God to this far-flung ocean island of ours and beyond. In a rare tantalizing glimpse into his teens and twenties, we're also told in Luke that Jesus grows in wisdom and stature and favor with God and people learning and developing, not just in the scriptures, but in working in the family carpentry shop, living in a large household of brothers and sisters, and being part of the Nazareth community. So for me, Jesus is all about show and tell. He goes from the synagogue and the incident above, Mark tells us, with his little band of followers. Sorry, he goes from the incident we just heard about with his little band of followers to Simon Peter's house. And there they sit round again, hopefully over a meal, discussing the word in Mark 2:29. It's early days, but all at once there are crowds of people. The word's gone out and they're coming with their sick in mind and body to be healed by him. And if they can't get through the door, they'll get through the roof. Jesus heals and forgives, and in the midst of another miracle, he continues to teach and debate with the Pharisees. Once again, in his teaching, we see the clash of kingdoms and authorities. So he tells and he shows, he teaches, he heals, he forgives sins, and not just the ordinary people respond in amazement, but his opponents rise up to confront him. Jesus was violently, if you like, challenging everything through his teaching that had gone before. And as we go through this series on Mark's Gospel, we'll see this pattern repeated over and over until the ultimate confrontation between good and evil, between God and evil in the cross. I'm so grateful that my teacher, the Lamb of God, was and is the ultimate victor, the living way, the living truth, the living pattern for us. He won out, not the father of lies. Thank you, love. Thank you, Pat. That was superb. Um, now, we have a clip, uh, a film clip, uh, which we're going to show you. It's only about five minutes long. It's very, very well known. Uh, but God has said something, and that is uh, earlier today and just reminded me as we've been going through this journey about uh, Jesus, the great teacher, and us learners and teachers too, that we must not underestimate the impact or the potential um, of our learning or our teaching of others and our impact on others uh, when we encounter them. But what it is, is the ways, isn't it? How to, what are the ways in which we can really teach others? Now, you can do that formally, like you go to a class and you study, and uh, then you get no, uh, a qualification at the end of it. There's a lot of informal stuff that happens in life, isn't there, where you learn from one another. And uh, I remember being in this uh, garage reception 
waiting for my oil to be changed in Los Angeles, as you do, you know. And, uh, and, and of course, I was a foreigner in this country. You know, we'd, we'd only recently arrived. And there was this uh, young black lady and an, uh, an older gentleman, an older fella. And they were obviously waiting for something to be done to their cars too. Well, they, engaged, they started up in a conversation. And then she became really interested in what he was saying. And they started talking about food. Well, why shouldn't you be interested? But it was more than that. It was about how to prepare certain kind of food. And he, seen, he, uh, he was an expert. He was, he, he was a chef in a, in a, you know, a, high, a really fantastic restaurant of some kind. And so he was so willing to share in that encounter uh, what he knew. And I just thought, wow. You know, if she hadn't have said hello, if he hadn't have said hello back, that would have been like the London tube train. Everybody sitting there silently behind their book or their paper or on their phone or, hear, or listening to music. And all of those conversations would never have happened. And okay, it wasn't about God, but it was about learning. It was, and, it, and the potential of that is huge just to communicate with other people. And who knows where it might go? And that's the, that's the incredible thing. It's the unknown. The known thing is hello. Hi, how are you today? That's known, but a whole lot of other things, the exciting bit, and they're the adventure, and they're the unknown. And it may come to that point where you do start talking about things of the kingdom and God. And Anyway, this film is not, not really about the kingdom in a sense. Daniel Sun, if you remember, in Karate Kid, is, is, is want, wanting to learn karate from Mr. Miyagi, Mr. Miyagi. And uh, he goes and submits himself to Mr. Miyagi's teaching. And uh, then Mr. Miyagi sets him all sorts of tasks to do. This clip is when he has done a lot of those tasks and he's asking the question, why am I having to do these things, all these different things? And then he finds out the reason why. Here we go. Spot. What spot? Hey, hey, how come you didn't tell me you were going fishing? You're not here when I go. Well, maybe I would have wanted to go. You ever think of that? You karate training. I'm what? I'm being your damn slave is what I'm being, man. Now, we made a deal here. So? So? So you're supposed to teach and I'm supposed to learn, remember? For four days, I've been busting my ass. I haven't learned a damn thing. Ah, you learned plenty. I learned plenty. I learned how to sand your decks, maybe. I wax your car, paint your house, paint your fence. I learned plenty, right? Ah, not everything is as same. Oh, shit. I'm going home, man. Daniel-san. Daniel-san. What? Come here. Show me sand the floor. I can't move my arm, all right? What are you doing? What are you... Ow! What? Ow, what are you doing? Now show me sand the floor. How did you do that? Shut up! Sand the floor. Hmm. Stand up. 
Show me Sandofloa. 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 Big soccer. Sandofloa. Sandofloa. Now show me wax on, wax off. Aye. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Hey, wax on, hat. Wax off. Hat. Concentrate. Look my eye. Lock a hand. Thumb inside. Wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Wax on. Wax off. Show me paint fence. Up, down. Up, down. Up, down. Other side. Look, I always look, I. Show me paint the house. Side, side. Lock wrist. Side, side. Side, side. Show me wax on, wax off. Show me paint the fence. Cards! Page! Left! Left! Show me side to side. Yes! Left! 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 Show me sand of floor. Cards! Right! 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 Yes! From there, he walks away thinking about it and knowing something, and that is that he's had that encounter and the penny has dropped. And this was why he was doing these things that seemed to be, well, they didn't seem to be worth very much at the time. He was helping somebody and that was that. And, but nevertheless, there was more to it than that. Not everything is as seems. And that is true. And going through school, and it all seems very long, and you know, every year there's another year, and another year, and another year, but it's all for a purpose. And God is in that purpose, going through school, and going through anything that we're going through, there is a purpose in it. And it's something about, it's, it's all to do with God, and it, a lot of it is to do with us, and a whole lot more is to do with other people as well. I, I really thank God for our group, our life group, because I learned so much from you guys. I think we all learn from each other. And sometimes we're, into this, we're in this book here. Ian Russell is our teacher. God is our teacher. And Ian Russell is our teacher. And we're reading together. And suddenly this flow happens that we start on, on this kind of flow. And this comes up and then that and that and that and so on. And you know that God is in there with you. And, and that is what it's all about. But it's, 
about for other people as well. And so there is a sheet to take. We're not going to do the discussion uh, now, but it is discussion starters. And on this sheet, the questions are, what makes Jesus such a great and effective teacher? That's where it begins. But then it says, what are some helpful contemporary ways of communicating spiritual truth that you have used or experienced or that, again, you might see the potential in? In what ways can you improve your effectiveness when teaching or communicating with others? It's an interesting one to answer. And what could you do to become a more receptive learner? So the best thing for us to do would be to take these away with us, which we'll give to everybody. And then if you want to look at that yourself, talk to other people about it, maybe even in life group if it's appropriate, uh, you could have a look at that in life group, perhaps. So uh, that, that could be useful. But uh, yeah... Hope that you've been on a journey this morning uh, with us and that, you know, God's been speaking to you by his spirit along the way. Um, that's not an excuse for poor teaching. That's just that, you know, there's, there's, there's a more than with God. And that's the more than, you know, he's just not a teacher. He's actually given us his spirit, which is amazing. It's something more than any other teacher could ever do. So thank you. Let's, uh, let's just finish up together then. Yeah, Lord, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for seeds of thoughts that you put in our minds, creative ideas, Lord, and, way, Lord, and ways of doing things. Lord, in this day where we, we want to, desperately, we really want to communicate the kingdom, your love, you, who you are, what you've done in our lives. We want to tell a story just as you tell the story, Lord. Sometimes we're afraid of telling the wrong story or not even telling a story at all. But, Lord, we pray that you would, uh, would motivate us, Lord, or as we, as we become more motivated towards that, Lord, that you give us, as we take a step, that you'd give us uh, the next step and the next step, that we, that, that we may go on that journey, Lord, so that we may make, as John and Kate were saying last week, may, may make you known, may make Jesus known, and also make, make you knowable, Lord. That's... That, 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 that's, we just want to do that, Lord, and help us, Lord, to do that in our everyday and in the, in the informal part of, lives, of our lives and the formal part of our lives too, Lord, because we ask that in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. In this house, we are real. But we also make mistakes. We do we make sure we say I'm sorry we give second chances to anyone we also have lots of fun in this house we definitely forgive we also do loud and we give the best hugs we family and in this house that means we love